Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Naturally optimistic, but, uh, you know, again, we'll take it day by day and just do whatever we can to uh, help remedy this situation. I got his back through everything, so he knows at the end of the day, if he if if there's ever a wonder of, you know, he's lost a, a teammate or something because of all this come out, like he knows where I stand. I care about Aaron Rodgers uh, from a friend perspective. Whatever he wants to do, whatever the situation that comes out, I will never hold any grudge against him. Uh, that is my friend. That is someone that I have appreciated, and he has done a lot for this organization and a lot for me as an individual. Now, as a teammate, I would be idiotic to say that I don't want the MVP back. Obviously, me and Aaron, we got a good relationship. Um, talked to him probably a week before I got out here. So, yeah, whatever the circumstance may be come season, um, just do my best to be ready for myself, for the team, and for everybody here. Matt LaFleur, Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari, Jordan Love, all from this week at the Packers mandatory minicamp. It was the story of the week. It's been the biggest story in the sport. Aaron Rodgers, what's next in this quarterback drama? He either will show up for training camp or he won't. He'll either hold out, he'll retire, or he'll be there. In the interim, we've got the Packers shareholder meeting, which could get interesting. That's when fans slash owners of the team show up to hear guys like Mark Murphy talk about big issues with the team and whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the team is going to be one of the issues, and I'm sure Aaron enjoys that, Miles. What, what does your own personal crystal ball tell you is going to happen next for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? I just, I feel like he'll be back and that we'll be talking in August about how, you know, Aaron Rodgers will be saying, well, things were taken out of context. He'll have like a Russell Wilson type press conference where it's going to be something like, you know, my issues are not with my teammates. I love my teammates. The same stuff he said when he was talking with Kenny Mayne, you know, a few weeks ago on SportsCenter. And then he'll go out He'll play the season and then we'll be doing the same thing next year because I I don't I don't know how this gets resolved in any other way unless he just says, I'm not doing this. I'm going to retire. And 
I don't know. I don't see him sort of giving up a, a year of his prime, especially for a team that's gone 26 and six over the last couple of years in the regular season. They've made it to two straight NFC championship games. I mean, I just, th there's still a good chance that the Packers are going to be really, really good this year, especially if he plays and he plays well, which I mean, if he's playing, he's probably going to play well. That's how good he is. So I don't know. I, I think he'll be there at training camp. I do. I was kicking around some ideas this week, and I don't think this is a realistic possibility or a strong possibility. I think it's realistic enough to mention it. We, we had an idea from Peter King that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers should agree that he'll play with them for one more year and they'll trade him after this season. So, hey, come back one more year and then we'll give you what you want. Another thing they could do, if he's determined to never play again for them, one agreement they could reach is, okay, you retire, you never play again for anyone, and you don't have to pay us back the $23 million in signing bonus money that you haven't earned. Washington did that with Deion Sanders back in 2001 when he decided he did not want to play for Marty Schottenheimer one year after getting his signing bonus, so he retired. They didn't make him pay it back. Then they let him keep playing a couple of years later, which was kind of odd. Marty was gone, which was one of the reasons why Daniel Snyder was okay with it. But that, that's a possibility as well. Uh, yeah, I'm just, you can't rule out anything because it seems like all the brainstorming you do, it's the thing you didn't think of that ultimately happens. But that's a possibility. If he, if he would get the Jeopardy job, I'm done. Okay, fine, Aaron. You never come back. You never play for anyone. We're not going to make you pay the money back as long as you don't play for anyone. You try to play for somebody else, you owe us the $23 million period, uh, that, that's a possibility. Because I think the Packers don't want to go through the Brett Favre thing again. I think that's one of the issues here. They don't want Aaron Rodgers playing for somebody else, playing well, and making them look bad. Right. And if you're the Packers, of course you don't want that. Because, frankly, I think at this point in Aaron Rodgers' career, he's better than Brett Favre was at that point in his career. Although you could say that Brett Favre had one of the best seasons of his career with the Vikings, you know, when, and I'm sure you remember that very well, Mike. Uh, when you know he was uh, at the tail end of his career there but I, I just I feel like if you're Aaron Rodgers he always has, has struck me as this hyper competitive person and if you're coming off a season where you just won the MVP and you're still you know at like the height of your powers as a quarterback I don't know that I would want to give that up I don't know that I would want to like give up the chance to be a two-time Super Bowl champion Instead of just a one-time Super Bowl champion, you know, I, like I, it, it, he always has just struck me as that kind of guy that maybe he doesn't necessarily need football. You know, like Tom Brady seems to need football, like he needs oxygen. I don't know that there are too many people that are at that particular level, but Aaron Rodgers, he's hyper competitive, right? Like he still loves this game, and I think he loves being really good at it. And I think he loves being the kind of petty person that says, "All right, you know, you want to do this." well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to stick it in your eye. Like, I just, I don't see him not playing football ever again. I I, I can't see that. I, and maybe it's because I, I just want to keep seeing him play. I don't know. I, I agree with you. And, you know, people say, oh, you just don't want him to play this year. It's like, no, I want him to show up and play in Green Bay. I, I want a good story. And there's no story better than the drama that we would have all year long because it's not like Aaron Rodgers will set it down and never mention it. It, 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 he'll, he, he won't be able to help himself, just like he wasn't able to help himself when he was trying to not call me out by name four years ago. There will be occasions where he, he lets it known that, that he still has issues. And you know, I think he's decided that the front office is the impediment to him adding to his legacy. 
that they're not making the right moves. They're not putting the right players around them. You know, when they had an opportunity to get a receiver, what did they do? They draft a quarterback. It's just, these guys are never going to figure it out the way that they should figure it out, and they're not listening to me. They act like I just work here, and he wants to go somewhere like Tom Brady is, where they, they, they not only appreciate him as a player, but they welcome his input as kind of a quasi-GM, and we're going to see more and more quarterbacks get that power. All right, let's play a little word association with the characters involved in this almost Shakespearean drama that's playing out between Rodgers and the Packers. And let's start with the star. Let's start with Hamlet. Aaron Rodgers, first word that comes to mind. Oh, I love that you called him Hamlet. That's funny. I call him the puppet master. He's trying to pull all the strings, you know? He's got the marionettes in his hand. He wants to make the front office dance. He wants to make the coaches maybe dance a little bit too, even though he says that his problems aren't with them. But that's the way he's trying to play this. And like... He's trying to exert every single bit of leverage that he has as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, as the reigning MVP, in order to get exactly what he wants. So that's what I think he is right now. He's a puppet master. I'm going to call him determined because even though we don't know exactly what he wants, and I don't believe it when James Jones says that I've talked to Aaron and this is fixable, I think that's part of the manipulation that Aaron Rodgers is engaging in. He knows which guys that he talks to are going to be talking to the media. He wants to create the impression it's fixable because then the next question is, hey, Packers, why haven't you fixed it? Aaron Rodgers' former teammates are saying it's fixable. Go fix it. I think he's determined to get whatever it is that he wants. And he's also determined not to tell anyone what he wants. And we'll find out what he wants. And and, and look, maybe he's got great political instincts because politicians, good politicians never tell you what they want and they act like what they ultimately got is exactly what they wanted. So maybe that's what he'll do. Whatever he gets, he'll take the position that's what he wanted all along. Yeah, exactly. So if that's if that's the case, then, you know, that's exactly why it almost feels like he's he can return to the Packers because then he can say, oh, look, this is what I wanted, guys, and now we're going to be okay, and now we're going to go play, and now we're going to go win. And, like, I don't want to put – I don't want to talk about this anymore. That's all in the past. I'm not here to talk about the past. You might go full Mark McGuire. All right, Mark Murphy, first word that comes to mind. Uh, Mr. Contradiction, because this column that he's talking, he wrote, you know, that he does on the Packers website where he's saying, you know, this thing has divided our fan base, and you know, the less we publicly say about it, the better – what are you what are you doing? That's exactly what you're doing. You're talking about it publicly. So why are you doing that? I don't really get that. That doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Like one thing, especially that question that he was asked about it, it didn't really seem to have to do with anything that had to do with Aaron Rodgers. So why are you bringing Aaron Rodgers into this? Especially if it keeps dividing the fan base. I bet it's going to divide that shareholders meeting too. Well, and look, I was going to say puppet master for Murphy. I, I, I'll say... Uh, what was the word I was thinking of? And now it just slipped out of my brain altogether. Mad scientist. That's what it is. Because oh, yeah. I think that he is fully aware of what he's doing. There is a certain element of experimentation to what he does. Look, Miles, I, I believed a couple of years ago, based on the report that Tyler Dunn had as to the dysfunction between Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, that Mark Murphy liked the fact. He said, I think in that very article, if this pisses some people off, this may be good for us. I, I think that he signed off on the Jordan Love thing knowing that it would it would spur Aaron Rodgers to have a big year. And I think he, he wants to mix the chemicals just right so it doesn't explode in his face. And when he says it's dividing the fan base, 
that's aimed at dividing the fan base and getting Aaron Rodgers to feel pressured to show up because he doesn't want the fans to not like him. He thinks he knows, Murphy does, how Rodgers is wired and what he's afraid of. And what he's afraid of is the fans hating him. So I think he's the mad scientist who's who's shaking up all the various liquids and hoping that it it ends up being something that, that leads to good things, not bad things for him. Yeah, probably. I mean, it makes sense that he's doing all of this, but you know, we just had that thing up there with the question, and it's just like, bro, why? They're talking about Washington generals, and like, what? Hey, why are you putting that in your column on don't, the Packers the, website? In, the, the question they selected to answer begins with, "Don't let the bastards bring you down." <laughs> what? And he brings up Aaron Rodgers in response, which you can only tell me. He must regard Aaron Rodgers as a bastard. That's the only uh, that's the only logical interpretation of that. All right, Brian Gutekunst, first word that comes to mind. Uh, Kraus or goat, but with a lowercase. You know, because it's just like this is now the whipping boy. You know, if you've got Aaron Rodgers reportedly calling Brian Gutekunst Kraus, Jerry Kraus in these text messages, it's like, well, you know, he's constructing these rosters that are going to the NFC championship game, but maybe it's happening in spite of poor Gutekunst as opposed to because of him. So if that's the way this thing is really going to work. And like, if that's the person that Aaron Rodgers has the most issue with for whatever reason, then yeah, I mean, that's probably how he's going to be remembered in this situation. I'm going to say not really in charge. Because I truly believe that. I saw someone say recently that the general manager of the Packers is the most powerful person in the NFL who isn't an owner. It may have used to be that way. Not anymore. Because a couple of years ago, when they reconfigured the front office, when it was Mark Murphy and Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson, they kind of split it apart. I think when Brian Gutekunst was hired, they split it apart, and Murphy took some of the powers that Gutekunst would have, and it was Murphy who was supervising Mike McCarthy. That's what it was. Gutekunst became the GM before McCarthy was fired. Murphy's got more power. Gutekunst isn't really in charge the way that the GM would have been in charge in past years. And, 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 and this is a, the mad scientist is the man behind the curtain. All this angst directed at Gutekunst. I think it's Murphy. Mar- Mar- and I'm not being critical. I'm just trying to interpret and analyze. I think Murphy's the guy who's calling the shots here. All right, Matt LaFleur. First word that comes to mind. Uh, this isn't about me. You know, because LaFleur doesn't seem to be the person that Rodgers has a problem with, at least publicly, right? You know, when he went on Kenny main show, he was talking about, I don't have a problem with Jordan Love. I like my coaches and all of that. So, I mean, unless Rodgers is still miffed about that field goal thing that happened, as he kind of alluded to on one of those Jeopardy episodes that he hosted. Like, it doesn't, the problems don't seem to be between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. Again, they've gone 26 and 6 in the regular season the last couple of years. I don't think anybody really expected that out of Matt LaFleur. I certainly didn't when he got hired. They've been to two straight NFC Championship games. You know, I think we can say that there are still some things that they have to do better, but it's not like Aaron Rodgers didn't win an MVP this year with Matt LaFleur calling plays. So, it doesn't seem to be about him. I'm going to say restrained because, look, other coaches who had gotten their careers off to the start that LaFleur has with a 26-6 and record and two straight conference championship appearances, we have seen they make a power play. They, they try to take over a little bit. And, and I really do think, and I said this not that long ago, that Matt LaFleur was hired by the Packers in part because – Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst read him as a guy who wouldn't do that. 
He was a guy who will have success and not try to take over, not try to upset the internal power structure. So he's very restrained. He has every reason to be upset. He seems to be patient about it. He's not doing anything about it. He's not you know, going in and shouting at guys and sticking fingers in chests about what the hell's going on, what are you doing to my football team? And uh, I think that's exactly what they were looking for when they hired a head coach after Mike McCarthy. All right, Jordan Love, first word that comes to mind. I didn't ask for any of this. I know that's not one word, but like, look, he didn't. I mean, the poor guy, like, they trade up to get him, and then he just sits there as the third-string quarterback all season long, and now he's just the subject of mystery. And really, if Aaron Rodgers weren't, you know, doing what he's doing in this offseason, then some of the conversation would be like, okay, is Jordan Love progressing? Is Jordan Love going to be able to be a backup quarterback this year? What's his future hold? But now it's all, oh man, are you ready to take over for Aaron Rodgers? And that, you know, that quote we played um, in the beginning here where he said, obviously Aaron and I have a good relationship. Is that obvious? Hey, I don't think that that's very obvious. I mean, Rodgers has come out and said, you know, I have no problem with Jordan Love and all that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's obvious that you have a good relationship with him. I think it's good that he does. But, man, if I'm Jordan Love, like, this is just such a weird thing because I'm trying to replace one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And I did not know that that was going to happen before I got drafted. And now here I am. And this is what this weird situation is. I I, I, uh, am going to pay homage here to Darren Gant who was with us for years and this is one of his regular when he's not when he's not making gags about Uranus uh, the planet he, 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 he this is Jordan Thank Love you for that comma yes Jordan Love comma poor bastard comma that, that's one of Gant's go-tos because uh, <laughs> that's how I feel I, it's, it's you know the, he didn't ask for it as you said he got drafted. He didn't get to choose. Who would have chosen this? What quarterback in his right mind would have chosen this mess? This has become exhibit A for my argument against the draft, and I think I may even get Sims a little wobbly on his stance that the draft should remain. Jordan Love should be playing for any team but the Packers right now. This is a horrible situation for him to be in. All right, Devontae Adams, first word that comes to mind. Uh, you better fix this or I'm out. Like you, you need to fix whatever the situation is with Aaron Rodgers because otherwise that guy's probably going elsewhere. And even if you franchise him, you're going to probably have a disgruntled Devontae Adams because you've taken a quarterback that he knows is one of the best of all time and that he has tremendous chemistry with, and there's and he's upset. So you can't have that and also you know expect that Devontae Adams is going to be happy. Now, he said that he's not going to hold out, and of course he's not going to hold out because you get fined and you can't wipe those fines away because he's entering the last year of his contract. But that guy and Aaron Rodgers have some serious chemistry, and if you don't figure that thing out, that's going to be a real big mess. I'm going to say PR genius because I I think that that his comments from the other day, he said exactly what he needed to say. There's not going to be any nasty text message or cold shoulder from Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love has no basis to be upset with him. He said exactly what he had to say. He doesn't know enough about Jordan Love yet, and he supports his guy Aaron Rodgers. And uh, Jordan Love's not going to be upset. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be upset. And whoever the quarterback is is still going to be inclined to throw passes his way in what is a contract year, whether the Packers pay him come next year or someone else. All right, Packers 2021 Super Bowl chances, first thing that comes to mind. Um, there's a, you're telling me there's still a chance. 
because there is a chance. I mean, if Rodgers comes back, you know, then it's going to be all right. But if he's not there, then they're probably pretty, pretty bad. But I don't know, man. I just, there's, of course, there's still a chance, but not if Jordan Love is playing. I mean, I just, I can't see that part. I, nah, I don't know. I'll tenuous. That is literally the first word that came to mind. I mean, they missed it the last two years. They had great teams. Are they going to be better this year with the Aaron Rodgers distraction? I don't care what is said and done between now and week one. This is not going away. Unless they fire Brian Gutekunst or sign Aaron Rodgers to a lifetime contract where they basically surrender all power to him. And trade Jordan Love along the way. Unless they conclusively and completely reset somehow to pre-2020 draft, and it's clear that Jordan Love is out of the picture and Aaron Rodgers has won, and he'll be there as long as he wants to be there. That's the only way the distraction is going to be removed. So when they were 13-3 and and unable to make it to the Super Bowl without the, the distraction that they're going to have this year, it's it's only going to be worse for them in 2021. They're going to have a hard time making it to the Super Bowl. But a fully determined Aaron Rodgers, may, who knows, maybe. I'm, I'm still rooting for the final scene of the longest yard, both versions, win the Super Bowl, pick, go get the game ball, stick it into Mark Murphy's stomach, and say put this in your trophy case and walk away for good. I, I, I hope that's the final outcome because that will mean it was a compelling and fascinating NFL season. Let's take a break. When we return, a little game of overrated, underrated, properly rated. More PFT Live right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. At the end of the day, I believe in me. I know what I have in the tank. Um, and we're talking about age is 32. Like, I'm young. Like, in football, you can say it's old, but you either do it or you don't. You know, um, this game don't change for me. Uh, I'm still fast and still strong. Um, and to, you know, the games last year, I just, you know, had an issue where I didn't take enough time to heal up properly. 
but you know that was just um, my decision on going out there and, and just playing. Um, there's no excuses, things like that. But um, I'll, I'll be ready to go. So um, for those who um, questioning my health and things like that, just stay tuned. Julio Jones entering year number 11 kind of came close to admitting he could have played those nine games last year. I mean, that's what people around the league are thinking, that he wasn't happy in Atlanta. The team wasn't very good. Why are you going to risk significant injury to your hamstring? You know, if everything was great and you were happy with your contract, happy with your situation, maybe you go play. But uh, one of the reasons why I think he's not there anymore. So overrated, underrated, or properly rated, where do you think Julio Jones is right now, just given the way he's perceived at this point in his career? Well, do we still think that Julio Jones is the best receiver in the league? Because I, I think he's, you know, top five, top two to three to four, maybe. I wouldn't put him past like five. I mean, because for me right now, the best is DeAndre Hopkins. Then I got to go with Stephon Diggs. I mean, he led the league in receptions and yards, right? I, I would put Julio Jones maybe like right under those two guys, but it's not, I, I think he's probably properly rated, but if people think that because he didn't play as many games last year, that he's not still one of the top five guys in this league, then I think that they're wrong and I think that they're underrating him. But I mean, from my perspective, I say he's properly rated. Yeah, I think he's properly rated. The question is, how much longer can he be in that upper echelon of NFL receivers? Not many guys do it at a high level deep into their 30s. Jerry Rice, I think, was like 37 or 38 when he had 800, 1,800 excuse me, receiving yards in 95. But uh, for the most part, I mean, the, the, the clock ticks a lot faster for guys at the receiver position, especially with so many young guys who are constantly coming up through the ranks now who are pretty damn good. Denver Broncos, Melvin Gordon, team's running back, says they don't get enough respect. In your mind, Miles, are the Broncos overrated, underrated, or properly rated? I mean, should we be giving respect to a team that's having a quarterback competition with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater? Like, that's not, you know, a team that I feel like is really going to be competing you know, for everything in the, excuse me, in the AFC West at this point, especially when you got the Chiefs there. You got the Chargers, and you also got the like that. So to me, they're probably properly rated if they're not giving them very much respect because I don't know how good they're going to be. And I was a believer in Drew Locke. There's record of me writing about this at the end of the 2019 season for the Las Vegas Review Journal. But at this point, man, like uh... I remember his Buzz Lightyear game against the Houston Texans. I mean, but and and Sims and I both thought he could develop into a franchise guy. It's been injuries. It's been inconsistency. And somehow, somehow, the Broncos have the ninth best odds to win the Super Bowl. What in the world? I, I don't unless what? unless people think they're going to get Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's, that's the only. That's the that's, people people are betting the possibility. They heard something about the Broncos trading for a quarterback, and it was just earlier this week that Deshaun Watson via Kareem Jackson. Uh, communicated the idea that he wants to play for the Broncos. So if you get one of those two guys, then all of a sudden you got a better chance. You're still in the same division as Patrick Mahomes, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and Justin Herbert. And it's not like the Raiders are terrible. Their defense has just been bad, but Gus Bradley might be able to improve that. So the Raiders are going to be in there, probably second or third, right? You know, with the Chargers, and I think we all expect that the Chiefs are still going to be great because they have Patrick Mahomes. So, 
I, yeah, I just, even if the Broncos, you know, were to get a QB, I don't think that solves every single one of their problems, but obviously adding an elite quarterback of a Watson or a Rogers caliber is going to make you a lot better instantly. All right. Uh, And look, I think that they are properly rated because I would say most people, not people who are betting on the possibility that they get Aaron (laughs) Rodgers, Deshaun Watson and would win the Super Bowl. I think that the Broncos are properly regarded. They're getting exactly the respect that they have earned, given the implosion that we've seen since they won Super Bowl 50. They have not been a good team. They don't have an owner and it shows from time to time and their inability to find a quarterback has been their biggest downfall. Yesterday was the 14-year anniversary of the finale of The Sopranos. Now, are we doing the full series or are we doing the finale, Matt? Overrated, underrated, properly rated. Is it the finale? Okay, let's do the full series. Miles, I don't think Miles has watched much of it. Based upon what you've seen, and I think you've seen the first season, do you think it was overrated, underrated, properly rated? Uh, I hate to say properly rated for all three topics, but like what I, from what I've seen, it's very, very good. And I know I really need to watch this series. It's been on my list for a long time. I was watching it before I moved to Cleveland. And then, you know, I just, it's gone out of the window since I've been here. So once I move again, probably I will get back on my Sopranos vibe, but like Tony Soprano is an all time character, right? Like that gave us the anti-hero of the genre. And we really think of this series as one of the best series of all time generally. So I think it's pretty properly rated. There are elements of it, episodes, scenes that don't hold up very well, surprisingly, and it stands out when you regard the the series as highly as you do. So I'll say properly rated. I'm not going to say it's underrated. Uh, there, there are some things where you see it and it's like, okay, I'll, I'll let that go. But it's like, that really wasn't funny or that really didn't work or that didn't look right. Or it seemed a little, I don't want to say amateurish, but it, it wasn't in keeping with the standard that you have. So I'll just go, I'll go with you properly rated. I think we all went, we both went properly rated across the board. Let's take a, a break. We've got a special Friday draft. These are the kinds of things we do when we don't have any other ideas. Uh, so stick around and see what we came up with for today's draft. We'll do that next here on PFT Live. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. That's your new favorite team, Robert? <laughs> Robert? <laughs> Sporting all New York teams. <laughs> Rich. 
There he is, Robert Sala, Jets head coach, supporting the Islanders. Not the Rangers. Well, the Rangers, the Rangers aren't playing. The Islanders are. And uh, the Islanders will play on Sunday game uh, against the Lightning. Semifinals, 3 p.m. Game one. Winner of that series gets a berth in the Stanley Cup final. All right. Today's draft. It's Friday. Best best Fridays of the year. This is not a football draft, although it could be, depending upon the answers. Any and all Fridays, the best Fridays of the year. Miles, I give you the first pick. Oh, the Friday of the week of Thanksgiving. There's nothing better than the Friday of the week of Thanksgiving because you're basically waking up after a turkey coma, and you've still got turkey sandwiches, presumably, to make. Perhaps you also want to make some turkey soup from the carcass of the thing that you just demolished the night before. And then you also, usually I think there's some college football on the air that day. It's a big, big couch day. You get a nice spiked apple cider. Big day drinking energy on Friday. That's one of my favorite Fridays of the year. Yeah, you almost sounded like grown-up Ralphie lamenting the fact that the Bumpus Hounds had devoured their turkey because there would be no turkey soup, no turkey hash, no turkey anything, thanks to the fact that those summon a bitch and Bumpuses came in and ate their turkey. Am I allowed to say that? Oh, well, too late. I did. <laughs> um, I, I, I will go with last, school, last day of school Friday. And, you know, even now, years after the fact that I, I haven't been in school I still get a little excited when there's a snow day, although it's gotten kind of weird the past couple of years because they had like, you know, snow day every day because of the pandemic. But that last day of school Friday, that still resonates for me years after the fact. And we have our last day of school coming up in a couple of weeks on PFT Live. We're going to take our little midsummer hiatus. But there's just something about that. You got a spring in your step. You feel good. The possibilities are limitless. And then you're laying on the couch day drinking for the entirety of it, but at least when you started, it's the summer of George before it becomes the summer of eating a block of cheese, the size of a car battery. All right, miles, what else you got? I'll go with Friday of the week of Christmas because you know, especially when you're in an environment where it snows, you stay inside, you're not working unless you know, you're us, uh, you get the fire going in the fireplace, you break out the vinyl, you know, you get those records on the record player. You know, there's nothing like that. You also get a little spiked eggnog. You're sipping that by the fire as you look at the tree. And oh, there's nothing like that. I, I think, you know, all of these answers that I have probably revolve around drinking, which may say something about me. But I'm just saying, like, that's a good Friday. Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab the next one then that would probably fall in your same criteria because it's any time the 4th of July lands on a Friday. Because then it ends up becoming basically a four-day extravaganza because the third is on Thursday. You get going that night. You got Friday. You got Saturday. You got Sunday. So that having it land on that Friday, so which which obviously is like once every five years, so I'm taking a liberty here, but that that is a great day. That is a great day. Get yourself a butt heavy on that day because there's nothing better than uh, a good old-fashioned American drink on the 4th of July. All right, my last pick. Friday of my birthday weekend, which is a good time sometime in uh, September, Mike, where usually I'll go to a restaurant, get myself a nice medium rare filet with green beans. And if that thing oh, is not medium rare, I, oh yeah, I, I, I will send that thing back at, like ASAP. If that thing is not properly medium rare, get it with a nice old fashioned, maybe a glass of red. Usually I'm traveling. So, you know, like when the past, I would be one year I was in Indianapolis 
So I had the shrimp cocktail at Harry and Izzy's. Another year was at a restaurant in Arizona. That's I love that Friday. That is my birthday dinner day. You, you, you're, you're dropping many hints now because I'm going to go uh-huh. cross-reference schedules. Colts, <laughs> Cardinals, when in September, it's football season. All right, good to know that. Good to know that. Uh, mm-hmm. Last one for me. Uh, God, what was it? Um, oh, the Friday before the Super Bowl. Absolutely, oh, without question, the Friday before the Super Bowl, especially because, uh, listen, and, and I, I know that this isn't a real job, but the one week out of the year when it is a real job is Super Bowl week because you're in a hotel the whole week, the town is crowded, and it becomes increasingly crowded as the week goes on, and we we are cranking all day long and you have to be on all day long because here comes this guy you're interviewing. Here's this person you're interviewing. Here's this person you're interviewing. And you're constantly in that mode of, Hey, how you doing? Hey, tell me about this. Hey, well, what are you selling today? And when that's done on that Friday, that is a hell of a feeling because at that point I'm done and I can just focus on the Super Bowl, enjoying the game. So uh, the Friday is Super Bowl week, a very, very good Friday for me. Let's go ahead and take a break. We're going to wrap up this Friday edition of PFT Live right after this. Happy birthday, Dan Fouts. How old is Dan Fouts? How old is he? He's got to be like 70. 70? There's a there's a, a very good NSFW video floating around. Although they bleep out the language, it's pretty clear what he's saying. He's giving it to Kellen Winslow. Giving it to <laughs> Kellen Winslow for tippy-toeing out of his route, breaking the route off and not, not sprinting away. Dan Fouts, to me, was the first great passing quarterback from the standpoint of taking full advantage of the rules changes, between Don Coriel and Fouts, it just exploded in the late 70s, Miles, years before you were born. Yes, yes. But, I, you know, it's interesting to me that the quarterbacks that have come through the Chargers, you know, between him, Phillip Rivers, that's a long time of having really, really solid quarterbacks. And now Justin Herbert, at least to this point, looks like he could be the next in line. So Chargers have actually had some pretty good luck at quarterbacks, so they haven't, you know, quite won the big one yet. Herbert could be the best one of all of them. Stan Humphreys is the one who took them to a Super Bowl, though. Imagine that. And Eli Manning technically was Chargers quarterback for about a half hour on a day in April back in 2004. All right, so happy birthday, Dan Fouts, one of the all-time greats. Miles, thanks for some of your time. We were both another Friday closer to death, as is everyone. So go and have a happy weekend. Enjoy. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the summer. Football will be here soon enough, and we'll be back on Monday with another edition of PFT Live. We'll see you then. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.